Okay, give me the needle. All music is important, Dick. It's the universal language. Professor, lots of music! You wouldn't believe it, but music does something to me. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! No, sir, man. I don't like that crap. I'm a rocker, dude, through and through. Welcome to The Needle Exchange, the podcast and newsletter where our amateur musicologists, the dilettante DJs, curate, discuss, and share playlists built on a common theme. My name is Jim Jewell, a user of he, him pronouns, and I'm going to be your host. Joining me here in the smoky back break room of our fictional record store are... Jose Amador, he, him pronouns, and I am wearing headphones with cat ears on them. Hell yeah, you are. This is Rob McGregor, he, him, pronouns, true amateur of everything, the okayest of the okay. Uh, Zach Pruitt, he, him, pronouns, and uh, I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, here's how this thing works. So we all threw names into a hat and then drew one of those themes at random. Uh, playlists were due one week later, 10 song playlists each, and we had 72 hours to listen to all the playlists before gathering here for the debrief and public release. For the most part, we haven't talked about these lists yet other than just a little cheating beforehand. And this episode's theme was First World Problems. So first things first, what did you think when you got that theme? That it's a 1448 theme. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think it, it might have actually had been a fourteen forty eight theme at one point. Uh, as I think about it. It probably was. Dear listener, if you're not familiar with fourteen forty eight, it's the world's quickest theater uh, festival, wherein a bunch of artists get together and create forty or fourteen plays in forty eight hours, of which we've all been a part of or experienced at some point. I I was intimidated. Actually, I was a little flummoxed. Um, to me, it felt like a slightly more kind of fringy theme compared to the ones that we've had been doing. So, uh, typically when we do a theme and I'll get like five songs right off the bat and this time I got one and it was, it was, uh, I want a new drug that one just immediately just popped into my head for everything else. I had to do some researching. I had to actually get online and I found one article (laughs) that listed songs about first world problems (laughs) and was able to pick like one or two off of that. And then the rest, I just had to dig deep. Um, it's one of those really heavily thematic things where it's just like, you have to actually know lyrics. You have to know what the people are singing about. Whereas previously I kind of just relied on the music and the vibe and the feel of the music to kind of get me through a lot of those themes. This one, I really had to listen to what the people were saying. Uh, I, uh, I had, um, two songs immediately came to mind. Um, the first and the last song. Uh, on my list uh everything else just kind of like a little bit of research here and there a little looking into lyrics uh but uh pretty much things just sort of fell into place and for me i just had uh the one song that popped into mind it was the the first one the dan burn um song that i uh opened with uh tiger woods uh, which is a song that uh, was, I was introduced to back in 2004 by a, a shared friend of ours, actually, Chad, put it on a mix CD for me. And since then, it's kind of been a part of every single like <laughs> music collection I have ever since. It's just, I, I love that song. Um, and I thought it fit perfectly, uh, specifically for the line, went down on Madonna too soon. <laughs> I, I definitely, because I didn't make a list. I'm, I, I am only the host for this endeavor, but I have made lists with with you all before. And uh, I hear you, Zach, that a lot of the list is more of a, uh, it, it's a, a direct theme. And this was felt much more like, oh, you have to interpret what this theme is going to mean. Uh, and from my bird's eye view on your three lists, I've listened to all of them at least three times each now. Uh, it felt like uh, Zach talked a lot about uh, first world vices uh, Rob was first world media satire and Jose was kind of playing with first world identity. That's just where I was looking at from hmm. the, from the way back. So I can't hear, wait to hear what you were actually, you know, if you were riffing on them in that way, Jose, you asked a question though, in our, our uh, chat leading up to this uh, event that I refused to answer, <laughs> which is uh, where the theme came from. Oh, who, yeah. Who came up with the theme? Yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah. Jim. 
yeah, it was because it was totally my theme. Like uh, the way that Zach was describing it was obviously my theme. Uh, I felt bad as I drew it. I that's, I did it on video, so you know it should be completely. But at the same time, like still, I'm hosting and producing, and it's my theme, and it's a it's a, definitely a Jim Jewell 1440 kind of theme. <laughs> if Rob and I were discussing it this week, and he said, "Yeah, it sounds like a 1448 theme, therefore it must be Jim," and I was like, "Yeah, no, that that's that's sort of Democles right there." Yeah. Do you want to say what your, do you guys all remember what themes you contributed to the hat? Mm-hmm. I do. What was it? Uh, get into the groove. Oh, hell yeah. Mine was sorry. Ooh, I would have liked to have tackled that one. Uh, mine was let's eat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, let's eat. First world problems, get into the groove. One, two, three, four. That was four the other reason I went for When I saw them, I'm like, oh, there's a one, a two, and a four. Yeah, I do a three word theme. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was a great theme. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to tackle. Like Zach, I was a little intimidated because before we'd been doing very like sort of vague and evocative themes, things like cities or loss, things like that. Um, and this one seemed a little more specific. And so my first, my, my second thought after it's a 1448 theme is who's going to be doing Weird Al? Because Weird Al has a <laughs> song first world pro- problems which is a uh, a riff off mm. of the pixies and i was like oh god that should be me because i fucking love the pixies um but i didn't because i knew somebody was gonna probably throw some weird owl in there i'm very glad yeah. you did jose it's a great it's a great record i see i resisted the urge i was resisting was uh, money for nothing i was resisting Ooh. putting in money for nothing that I was another one i f- considered I put it in, but I put in Big Daddy's version. I don't know if you know who Big Daddy is. No, um, no. They, they do. They do a lot of like uh, uh, bebop and uh, covers of songs, and they have this one where they mash up. Uh, they, they they sing uh, "Money for Nothing" in the style of Sixteen Tons. Mm. Uh, so, oh, nice! So you nice. got to move. Ooh, I got to hear that. Refrigerators. We've got to move <laughs> these color TVs. Um, I almost put it in, That's but great. it just. I didn't, I, it, it just wasn't right. Well, yeah. I can't wait to hear how you fully translated these thoughts into each of the lists and then how the other dilettantes uh, reacted to it. Uh, I think we figured out ahead of time that, Zach, your list was going to be the, the first one uh, that we tackled. So how, how did the other than you gave us the first song, uh, how did the theme play itself out across uh, your lists? Well, I I um, I wavered a lot on what I wanted to do with it because I was so intimidated. I kind of just thought, well, I'll just take the easy way out and just have them all be all uh, breakup songs Um, because breakup songs, while not necessarily exclusive to the West uh, it's kind of where all the breakup songs come from. Right. So that would be like an easy way out. And then I thought when I put the nickel back in there, I was like, well, shit, why don't I just lean into that and just have this be nothing but like new metal millionaires complaining about their inner darkness um that would be another easy way out but then i would feel really bad (laughs) you mean you'd you'd Um, feel really bad if you uh, had subjected us all to this i want to be great like elvis without the tassels i ain't body guys that love to beat up bastards on a couple lot of grass so i can eat my meals for free Jesus Christ, that song is so oh. ridiculous. I love it. Oh God. <laughs> and really, honestly, it's it's most like most of the <laughs> most of the bullshit in that song is center is is concentrated in the opening lines where it's just some dude standing in line at a rock concert wishing that he was the rock star and how his life has just gone to shit. I'm just like Shut the fuck up. That was kind of the, that was the vibe that I wanted to go with. This is that like, I wanted it to be annoying. I wanted to strike a balance between annoying and listenable. And so I kind of wanted some of the energy to be like, you know, after Karen complains about her coffee being too cold or after the big burly dude is done tearing down the end caps at target because they're all like pro LGBT. What do they get? What do they listen to when they get into their car and go home? And I kind of wanted that. I wanted this to have that energy to it, but I also wanted it to be something that you could actually get through. (laughs) (laughs) So I spliced in like Dandy Warhols and uh, pulp and like the stuff that's a little more some something you can latch onto. Yeah. You delivered for me the biggest listening surprise of the of the weekend, the you know the the, the seventy two hours of listening, which was when I heard this come on. 
that you beat me to T Swift on a list kills me. Olivia will never forgive me. And here's the thing. I've never actually listened to a single one of her songs all the way through. I just know everybody talks about that song. And I was just like, cool. If that's a gimme, that's easy. I probably shouldn't have admitted that just now, but you know, whatever. Uh, that's actually is my first T-Swift song, period, from top to bottom. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I, gotta, I feel so bad now. Yeah, I got to admit, it's a bop. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, Midnight's, Midnight's has some records on it that are really bad, that are incredibly listenable um, and a lot of fun. You should give that that album a try. Okay, will do. Uh, Robin Jose, was there anything from Zach's list that uh, you remember or that, that jumped out at you? Oh, Zach, you made me so goddamn happy by including descendants. <laughs> so goddamn happy oh, by course. including parents. I, I actually, from Milo Goes to College, there were two songs I was considering, Suburban Home and um, I'm Not a Loser. Both very first word problem songs, but Parents is so perfect. Yeah. And you just made my goddamn weekend when you added that. Descendants is my childhood. That's that's what I listened to when I was usually listening to music. I, would, Descendants would always be there. Um, They're great. And parents, They're great. parents is a very good, uh, a very good first world problemy. That that song in particular. That's another group I was not very familiar with before this uh, this past weekend. Uh, but the the lyrics kind of took on a little Devo edge uh, in mm. them whenever they talk referring to themselves as a boy. Uh, and not a not a toy. That's very Devo. And then the other thing, you know, is like I'm gonna go off. Good lord, uh, that song was from what the nineties, eighties, eighties. So so basically, right there, just kind of pointing at the roots of the whole incel slash obsessive male thing that we've got going on in our world right now was right there in the freaking lyrics of that. And that that kind of like spooked me a little bit. The Descendants definitely have that incelly vibe to them. Uh, if if you want the most incelly song, listen to one of their most beautiful songs as well. One of my favorites is Hope, um, which you probably heard a couple of covers from, like Sublime did a cover of it. Hmm. Um, uh, but listen to Hope. It's it, it's a, it's a gorgeous song, but it's also like, why can't you be with me? I'm gonna get <laughs> you eventually. I'm just gonna wait here and do nothing and sit in my room and wait for you to realize how great I am. Um, but still, it's a, it's, a, it's a goddamn rager. It's a great song. Uh, the other song, Zach, in your list that uh, um, I was I was impressed with was the full length "Common People," um, yeah. that just uh, had really felt the impact of that song. Listening to it, you know, just how it ramps up to its point and then just like, maintains that point throughout the rest of it. I was really, yeah. I was re- really that one kind of carried me for a bit too. Yeah, that one was an 11th hour edition. It's one of those, uh, of course, songs, you know, when you're just like, shit, what is it? What else can I do? What else can I do? Oh, of course. Yeah, that one's kind of like one of the defining songs for me, for sure. Kind of says everything. Hit me as I was uh, walking over the the bridge over I-5. So kind of in the middle, it's traffic all around, there's transit all around. It was the perfect moment for that song to come on. And it was, I tried not to look at your list before I listened to them. And that was one of those like, oh yeah, of course this should be one of these lists. Yeah. And it's it's a song that uh, I was like listening to it going, I've never heard this before. And then it went on and I was like, no, I've heard this before. I just never listened to it. It has such incredible tension and release, that song. It, it just yeah. builds and builds and builds and then lets go and then builds more and builds more. Wonderful track. Excellent choice. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> one last observation. Sorry, Jim. I'll, uh, then I'll, um, a lot of your songs, Zach, have the what I call the concert sing-along ending where they repeat the chorus <laughs> and then just kind of like expect – a lot of the songs on that list have that, like, <laughs> yeah, everybody sing yeah. along. You know, it's uh, Antihero, definitely one of them. Mm, uh, yep. What was the um, uh, the Nickelback song? Definitely a sing-along uh, ending to that one. It just repeats itself over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I could just picture all those bands going, like, this is the last song of the night. Here we go. Yeah, no, I mean, you may have hit a blind spot with me. I, I never, I never considered that, but um, I do like those songs that uh, they just want to make sure that they've made their point. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I noticed: both of you guys, both of you guys have a had a, a heavy '80s uh, bent 
to your yes. uh, to your list, which is great, which is fantastic. But that means that it's the '80s. We're gonna have some horns, uh, particularly sax. Now, tep- typically, typically, I have a distaste for sax in rock and pop. I think it's awkward if you don't have a horn section. It's kind of weird. There are exceptions, morphine, right? Um, but but usually, when when you have pop or rock um, using sax, it's it just makes me think of like just super cheesy 80s shit or like you know somebody playing emerald queen casino who 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 just has like a a a themed sax band and their name is sax on the beach or yeah sax of shit or what i don't know and it's just it's just always kind of awkward and tim capello from the lot from lost boys (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yes exactly <laughs> who's a monster that guy actually that guy has hey, god bless him he still has a career yeah he still has a fantastic career actually um but uh i i really enjoyed almost every single use of saxophone uh in uh in 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 your lists every single every single one like huey lewis he has a horn section so it's kind of like oh yeah this works like you know that's part of the whole sound there's a horn section it's not just you know you know it's not just Glenn Fry. Um, so, you know, I, I really appreciated that. It's particularly, and I'll, I'll get to it when we get to Jose's, there's a really great call and response in uh, in Why Me between a sax and guitar that's just fucking tasty. And I loved it. Speaking of tasty, um, your own tasty list. Uh, how did you get uh, First World Problems uh, into there? Are you, you talking to me? Oh, Rob. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you, Rob. Sorry, I should oh, say don't. your name. I, I Because really, I'm looking at you. Would you like to assume you can't see me? <laughs> I'm looking right in your eyes, Rob. Um, <laughs> so how did I get first world problems in there? Um, I, I went um, uh, a couple of different ways. I, 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 I didn't have like a laser beam focus on any particular thing. Um, I, I made it kind of broad and vague. Uh, so... Uh, Taking taking the definition of first world problems as you know somebody complaining about you know something that's if you in light of larger issues really isn't an issue but also the actual notion of first world problems or first world being you know the the uh, the the section of the Western countries that that you know that were against the Eastern Bloc during the Cold War um, kind of incorporating that as well. And then just commentary on America in general. So you'll see some just like random shit, like, you know, Van Morrison, who's singing about having somebody having ringworm or Primus, uh, (laughs) talking about the piles and piles of young dead bodies that we're throwing onto the war machine. Um, so I kind of went, went all over the place with it. Um, so it's, it's a little scattered, but still it fucking rocks, I think. Nina Simone was the biggest surprise for me. The, the fist coming out of the uh, out of the, the, my blind spot didn't see her coming. You know what's funny about Nina Simone is she she was almost cut from my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that when Nina Simone makes your list, you don't you don't you don't leave her. You don't let her go because she has a gun, and she will shoot you with it. And she will shoot to kill. Uh, and she's also like one of the coolest motherfuckers uh, to ever live. But yeah, she almost she almost got cut. But I love that record. Well, Rob, do you have any more any, anything else anything more to to add before Jose and I jump in? No, I go for it. Okay. That felt so uh, like, do, before, do you have any uh, last things to say? But at the end of your thesis any last words before we tear, tear you apart, <laughs> <laughs> please. Before I. Uh, <laughs> Never mind that listener. You have no idea what the fuck yeah. I'm doing. Um, I was a little pissed at the Nina Simone because I fucking love that song so much. And I know that you, you didn't build this list out of judgment. Like I kind of did. <laughs> um, but I was like, Oh, this song just breaks my fucking heart. What is it doing in a playlist called first world problems? But I'll let it go. I'm going to let it go. And I think that's a great it's observation. A, it is such a, beautiful it is such a beautiful song and i just love it so much it very um, much is it, it's a great observation and uh if i if i can address that really quickly that's one of the reasons why i thought it was going to be cut because it didn't quite fit first world problems for me like on the surface and 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 so the the, the reason why the, the mental gymnastics that i made to actually keep it in there because guys she had a gun on me and i, I wasn't gonna let her go um uh I was thinking it's a story that's kind of being experienced by three parties, right? You've got the, the, you know, the man, the other woman, and then the person who's singing the song, uh, Nina. And they're all in some way kind of going through a, 
okay, well, I'm in the situation there. It's, it's problematic in and of itself, but like everybody kind of makes it out. Okay. One way or another, except for the woman who's just going to cry herself to death at the end or the, the other woman who cries herself to death at the end. Uh, so I, I kind of thought from the standpoint of, you know, the guy's standpoint, he's, you know, he's got two girls he's juggling. Well, what a, what a first world problem to have. And, and she doesn't yeah. have toys to clean up. She has time to do her nails and she, she, she's got fresh cut flowers in her, her room. What does she have to complain about? Oh, she's going to die alone. And then the woman who's actually enduring it, um, you know, from Nina's, Nina's perspective, she's just like, I accept it because shit, I get it. I get the dude at the end of the day. So, you know, play the long yeah. game. So that's kind of the mental gymnastics that I did with that. But um, I, I feel you. I know what you mean. I have a feeling that if anybody else had sung that song, it would have been easier to keep in. You know, if I had been Olivia Newton John singing that song, <laughs> Karen Carpenter, Juice Newton, Juice Newton, Bonnie Juice Tyler. <laughs> Crystal Gale. Yeah, I mean, we could just go just on and on. Yolandi Tiny. from from uh, from the Anvert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiny Captain Tim. Tennille. <laughs> the uh, who's that couple that sings at the Dresden in in L.A.? They're oh, the yeah. duo, oh, Kiki, husband Kiki and wife and duo. Yeah, those yeah. those two. They were in Swingers. Yep. Yeah. Your this this applies to both you and Jose. Uh, your guys's lists have kind of replaced my Discover Weekly playlist. You know the the algorithm driven playlist that Spotify gives me every week. Because um, Spotify just kind of let me down in that regard. In that I listen to a ton of post rock when I when I in the first couple of years that I was using Spotify. So Spotify just gives me nothing but post rock. <laughs> Discover <laughs> Weekly, kind of regardless of what I'm listening to, and I'm like Spotify, pay attention. I'm not just listening to this may destroy you anymore. Like, you know. <laughs> Throw me, throw me some curveballs. Um, but yeah, like I had no idea who Domi and JD Beck were. I had no idea who JP JPEG Mafia was. I kind of knew about the cults, but I never listened to them before. Unknown Mortal Orchestra, American Guilt. That song fucking rips. Yeah, it does. Um, so there was just a ton of and and the the eclecticism, if that's a word, is something that you constantly deliver on every song is a sharp right turn, but in a good way. It's just like, okay, I've been, I've, I'm, I've settled into this kind of weird folky talky guy. Who's just doing this really cool kind of confessional funny shit. Oh, don't me and Jay. Okay. Now we're doing this completely different, um, kind of different era of music with a different, uh, part of society, right? Like these kids, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then going to Nina and then going to JPEG and then going to Nina Simone, where now we're going back into the classics. Like it's just this lovely, roller coaster ride but it's not breaking your neck it's just kind of it's just kind of taking you up and down up and down um and and then also the degree to which you find songs that just absolutely nail the theme like modeling sucks like i don't know if i could have ever found a song that just hits the nail on the head like that one does like the attitude of the of the singer kind of just does all the work you know and then that Van Morrison thing, I, I just had no idea that Van Morrison had that song in him. I, I haven't really listened to a lot of his older stuff, but yeah, oh, he was a weirdo. He has 35 more just like it. So <laughs> a, little, a little story about that song. Uh, and um, you may or may not know uh, about the story, but Van Morrison was uh, contracted with Bang Records where, where he did, uh, you know, uh, Brown Eyed Girl and what have you. You know, those, those very like poppy sort of, you know, uh, two and a half to three minute, you know, two verse, two chorus or, you know, bridge and then chorus, chorus, and then done kind of songs. Uh, and then as, uh, around 1968, he started experimenting more and doing a lot of different music and he wanted to do like, you know, 11 minute long tracks of wolves howling and shit like that. And bang records like, no, we need brown eyed girl, two, three, four, five, and six. And you've got 36 more songs that you contracted to do with us. So, uh, he's like, but I don't want to do it. So, he's, <laughs> so, so uh, Warner, Warner music comes along and buys out his contract with bang records. And in the deal, bang records is like, well, fine. We get like his residuals or whatever for the first year while he's with you. But also he still has to cut his 36 records. He just has to do it. So motherfucker sits down in the studio with his guitar and improvises 36 songs. <laughs> one of which is that I one. love that. Uh, yeah. I love it's that. like, 
so he's just he's just sitting there just like ding 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 I can tell by the look on your face that you've got ringworm. <laughs> and you're just going off where he's got another one's like <laughs> another one's like, have a seat, have a sandwich. Are you hungry? Have a Danish. And he's just like playing this song while he's he's just riffing nonsense. And he made 36 records and that got him out of his obligation. And if you, you can find them out there, they're uh or they're they're listed initially under the bang contractual obligation session. Um but you yeah, find them if you can. This uh, is our next theme. <laughs> Contractual <laughs> obligation songs. Songs that artists wrote is just a fuck you to the record label. I mean, fuck, there's there's 35 more songs just from Van Morrison that we can use between the three of us. We can do some damage. There's something so special about righteous pettiness. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Rob, uh, just uh, giving you a couple of props here. You can never go wrong with Nina. Absolutely never go wrong with Nina. Uh, JPEG Mafia, great cut. Uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. That was a new to me. Thank you. Thank so you. Good. And I, I, I bring that up because I'm uh, one of the things that I'm kind of working on is kind of like a protest list, a list of nothing but protest songs. And uh, freaking um, uh, Too Many Puppies. Dude, mm-hmm. I did not expect that at all. And when it got to the end, when it got to the end of those lyrics, I, I was like, oh, well, this is going to go on that list, you know, whether I end up, you know, it's going to end up in that inspo file of nothing else, but that's a great cut. And then yeah. uh, have either, have any of you seen the uh, episode of Get a Life uh, where Chris Elliott becomes a male model? I haven't. No, but that it comes from, yeah, hence a boy modeling school. Yeah. Samples from that, that episode. Oh, if you can find it, if it's out there to be found, that's a, that's a special episode of Get a, Get a Life. God, I haven't thought of that really show in years. Yeah, really I, I think I saw you can you can see it on YouTube. I think I saw clips of it on YouTube where, where I first found it because I was like, "What is this? Where's it from?" And I was like, waiting for a bus years ago, and it's like, "Oh shit, it's Chris Elliott. Of course it is." I have one specific question for you, Rob, just because it'll be a good segue to our uh, third list, which is, uh, "What made you pick this?" It was our one repeat song of the. I, don't, I, I keep wanting to say of the week, even though this might not be like of the period. <laughs> I don't like that either. This session. Uh, this session. Session. I like indeed. it. Thank you. So what What made me pick it? Or Not made so much as what was the inspiration for it being on this list for you? It fucking rocks. That's, <laughs> that's the reason why. Uh, I mean, it, it has the lyrics of, um, uh, you know, her daddy's got a, a big airplane. Her mommy ho- hoards all the family cash, a beautiful rose sitting in the corner. She's living in and out of tune. Um, and it kind of riffs off of that notion. It's singing. I mean, Dama Suzuki is singing about a, a, a woman who just is unfulfilled in her life, but she's privileged and what have you. Um, but also it's, it's can man and can rocks and Ege Bamyasa is a fantastic album. It's probably their most approachable. Uh, that's probably their most approachable song. Um, but yeah, I just, I love it. And I, I also love the album, the album title, because the album title is in Turkish. And yeah, it just, it makes me happy. What um, is the, what does that translate to? Ege Bomyasa? Uh, okra. Um, uh, hmm. Specifically Aegean okra. Ege, uh, Aegean, and then Bamya or Bamyasa is okra. Hence the can, which is funny because okay. that, that actually causes some confusion because uh, in, in Turkish, there's an actual word, jan, which uh, C's in Turkish are pronounced with a J sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it means life or lifeblood, what have you. And so there's like always, there's kind of this weird, or there was this weird confusion. It's like, are they Turkish? Are they German? What's going on? Because there's a huge Turkish diaspora in in uh, in, in Germany. Uh, but I don't know. I, it's just funky and cool. And I love that song. And uh, when I saw that Jose... Uh, when Jose and I boggled on that one, when we uh, collided, uh, can we, can we, can we say that? Can we say boggled? Cause I mean, that's, that's kind of boggle <laughs> rules, right? When you, when you use the same word, when it's we boggled on it. Send 25 cents to Milton Bradley or something. Else. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, it made me so goddamn happy. Uh, and I was like, of course, Jose is going, and I are going to 
both shoes can because because I, yeah i don't know that just it strikes me that you and i would both have the taste of that sort of like you know psychedelic 70s rock jose can we can we use that as a, a pivot onto your list because i gotta say your list surprised me the most in some ways just on the <laughs> the listening level did not expect it from you me uh, too i'd so be curious to, to hear start with can but just the list as a whole how did, how how was it first world problems well uh, um so i told you already that the first and last song were like came immediately to me but i still did a little bit of struggling that that first night of deciding what to do um and then uh the the whole idea of like defining first world problem kind of became a thing for me um let me pull up my list here so i mean y- yeah uh the sticks is just the the lyrics are perfect i i came to the sticks because i was looking at the second song from that album for the cities list uh that album i go way back with that album I, like you know when i first moved to the states that's when i started listening to that album uh so um so looking at the second song it didn't it didn't fit for cities and then i saw why me and i listened to it and had a good time with it and realized oh this takes on completely different meaning in the 21st century and then the theme came up it's like well fuck there good there you go all right that's that's how we start out with this thing it was this you know really well off white man talking about why me and you know and the thing that captures talk that captures it for me is as it builds up to the last moments of the song uh he lists off what he thinks are common every world problems everyday world you know everybody problems and just comes up with the most generic things i think you have that clip uh go ahead and if you could play that please there it is That is such a bland, generic list of grievances <laughs> that I just I couldn't I, I, I couldn't help but I was like, okay, here we go. This is first world problems right here. Um, and and from there it was an easy jump and uh, it's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away to George Harrison's um, masterpiece to crap. Um, the song is just six words, words long is what Weird Al named a spoof of this song. And it's it's true. There's only six words in this song. Um, and it at this point... the I, worst earworm of the week by far. <laughs> I did not see it coming. That song has been haunting me ever since that first listen. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry, uh, my friend. Um this is this is the beginning. This this list is kind of also payback for you, my trollish friend. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you were being a little trolly on some of those things. Yeah, there's there's a few of the the trolls happening in this in this list. Uh, the funny thing about this one is like I, I had the thought like you could make an entire first world problems list on Beatles. Oh yeah, songs. Oh god, I, of and course. I I started I started to do that, and I, this is a waste of time. You did that. <laughs> I'm a you, big fan. <laughs> it, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just the start of a list. It might come to full fruition. Uh, so the can I put in because I needed to, like Zach said earlier, I needed to find something to like last the whole list. I couldn't put a whole ten songs of really irritating goddamn songs. And the con is, is as Rob described, is a great tune. It drives. It's very European. Oh my god, it's so European. Uh, and when you get into the lyrics, there is also a bit of a first world problem being described in there. You know, the 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 Japanese expatriate in Germany singing about how capitalism and materialism is eating the youth makes for a great tune. But it's also very much a first world problem. Who has the time mm-hmm. to think about how the youth are being um uh, eaten by technology and that kind of became the driving theme for the rest of the list um so it's a long roundabout way to address con- the con why why i chose con but um 
And that's basically it. It, it uh, the rest of the list is like, okay, these are all first world problems. Um, you go down the list, you look at uh, <laughs> dirty laundry, and you start, you know, <sighs> you start looking at, okay, wait, I remember why he wrote that song. That's not a pleasant thing. And at that point, it starts becoming who is a first world problem. And the rest of that list, if you look at it, uh, you know, you have uh, you have Don Henley, <laughs> De La Soul telling an indiscriminate you that they stink and they should use more soap. Uh, the Beatles with Nowhere Man. This is a capital F first world problem song. The Beta Band is a joy. I, I, I love that mm-hmm. song. Uh, but listening to the lyrics is all very much, uh, um, yeah, he describes nothing but first world problems. Uh, and then Weird Al. Um, So, Jackson Brown? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. If we ever do a concordance of all the lists that we have done, Weird Al's name is going to be pretty big. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He is, uh, what, what's what's like the word uh, bubble thing where you like you get the, yeah, the kind yeah. Of word cloud, yeah. word cloud. Yeah, word cloud. Yeah. Weird Al uh, is definitely huge in the middle. It's going to be in there. Um, so... Uh, Great song. Lyrics are fun. You know, talking about how uh, consumerism eats culture. Um, but the problem, the first world problem, is that weirdly Al Yankovic is, at this point in his career, was basically a 20-something-year-old white dude from Linwood, California. Right. And in, and in this song, he uses pidgin English. As the narrator's yeah. as the narrator's voice, uh, <laughs> don't include the one of the the bridges. Don't uh, ain't gonna work in the field no more. Gonna be Amway distributor. Yep. And had he found anybody like a person of color to do the song, it wouldn't be. It, it would be great. Uh, and it's a shining example of how the '80s were a different age that he you know and the thing i like the song i think is great weird al yankovic is a hero of mine he he modeled a lot of my humor but listening to that in 2023 (laughs) uh it made it made it the perfect first world problem and that's when the answer to who is the first world problem white man white people yeah (laughs) white people white people who don't use soap who smell (laughs) stinky white people who is the problem others uh, uh digging up dirt on others freakishly obsessed about how their lovers aren't fulfilling them you know there there's your there's your elvis costello right in there freakishly obsessed about anything other than actual problems uh and so we come to the goop the great the coop the gracie uh, the <laughs> mike and the mechanics living years uh and that is the end of my trolling for this list as uh, between that and the song is just six worlds long, and and just the the shamefulness of Weird Al Yankovic in this list, yeah, that's that's my troll job. That's how I troll. Word, yeah. When when I was listening to uh, the Weird Al, I was like, he does not perform this song anymore. Like he does not do that. I'm, I'm I do wonder if sure. he did it for his because uh, he did a tour of the, the contractually no no the uh, unwise vanity project was a touring where he did nothing but the the originals, the pastiches that he has done over the years. And I'm wondering if there's a version of that song somewhere in there. Probably not. You're probably right. Yeah. When I was 12 years old, I think. No, 11. The Living Years was what they would play on VH1, like all day, every day. And so I got very accustomed to that song as a kid. Um, and so it was great. It was a nice little throwback. And then I was just reminded just how insufferable that song is just compared to like the world we're living in now, just how comfortable, like, it's just like, I don't know. It's just some dude in like a, in a, in a comfortable sweater 
you know, with a light breeze blowing on his face and he's talking to his kid. He's retired for many years now and he's probably what, 42. And it's just this, it's just the most comfortable song that's meant to comfort people. Like, you know, don't worry about death because you're a master of the universe. You will have accomplished everything that you (laughs) ever set out to accomplish. You're going to be fine. Like it's just so insufferable now. The answer to our problems is making sure you get along with your older generation. Yeah. 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 That's I will, that's key. I will admit that the song made me want to call my dads. <laughs> just it made me want to call my dads uh, a little bit. Um, but it is, I mean, so the Mike mechanics, uh, the living years, it, it's, it's beautiful. You know, it, it has, has its place and its place was in 1988. Uh, when it was like the number one song, it was played on top 40 radio all the goddamn time, all yep. the time, all the goddamn time. Holy shit. Um, but I don't know. I, I still I, I still dug it. It's a lot of fun to sing along to. It really is. It, it, it's it's kind of a fun song to sing along to. And then you realize I should probably be depressed by this instead. But I, I don't know if that song could actually be made today because it's it, it, it it's, it's too earnest. earnest. Well, yeah, right. But also, I mean, it's a meditation on, on how, so, so Mike, Mike's dad or his, his parents, you know, had, had lived through two world wars and everything. And, and they, they probably had parents who expected them to, to take on their mores and their values and what have you and move forward and expand those. And then suddenly you have, you know, uh, Mike's generation is just like, we're doing our own, our own thing. And suddenly there's a disconnect between parents and children of, of that generation. And so it seems very much a meditation on just like, you know, me and my dad didn't get along because, you know, fuck, I didn't go through a depression. I didn't go through, you know, two world wars and everything. I, I, and we live in a different zeitgeist time when, when, when kids just don't actually, you know, follow in their parents' footsteps the same way. Um, and that's how it's also, a lot of us don't have kids now. We right, precisely. Like so many, so many of us don't have kids. Like there's just nothing to connect to. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this, the, the song instead of the living years would would be like dying alone would be the song that Mickey <laughs> would make now. Um, but it it's a. Uh, I, I I don't think that we have had generations the, the generations that have followed since that one uh, have the same relationship parent child relationship that was expected of that, of those generations. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a song that could be made now. No, I, I completely agree. Um, it's, it's also a song that feels like a saccharine straitjacket. And whenever I listen to it, mm-hmm. so that too, it's it a fucking children, man. I mean, the kids singing, God damn it. It was <laughs> the second of the two surprising songs after the one that earwormed me that I'm not even going to, invoke again uh and it also sets up a little bit of a digression i'm going to ask you and indulge uh because of mike and the mechanics i owned that cassette tape that contained that song and uh you mentioned trolling earlier in the late 80s uh most of my step siblings uh i'm on my dad's uh, i'm on the dead side of, the, of my fragmented family were huge beatles fans so I told them that I thought Genesis had a bigger impact on the world of music than the Beatles because look at everything that's come from them. The solo careers of Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. You have Mike and the Mechanics. You have GTR. All these bands that pulled from just the look on their faces. Like I, It's amazing that they didn't disown me in the moment. It was the trolliest <laughs> I remember being in my teenage years. <laughs> Sounds like the time I tried to convince somebody that Led Zeppelin Led Zeppelin was the only like pure fusion band. Oh, <laughs> oh for fuck's sake! Wow, <laughs> wow! Come on. That so here on former Edge Lords. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a couple of things to say about Jose's uh, list. As to first, one. the vitamin C thing, I have loved that song forever. I've never once listened to the lyrics. And if I had, we might've had a three-peat because that, I, that probably would have gone on my list too. Um, I think Jose, your ex- explanation of the list is just kind of the reason why I love it. You just, you, you really do your fucking homework when you, when you put these lists together and it's just great because it's just so layered and it's so meta 
and it's just like a it's just like a nice novella that you get to just kind of unfolds before you and it's great but it's nice having you as the cliff notes to kind of help us through because some of these songs like you know i don't i don't dive into the songs to the the, the degree that you do so this is actually a really nice um education for me um Thank but you. your lists to me and this is just another example is uh they're kind of like a jelly donut because the middle section of your lists are always the, are always the jelly center, just the sweetest part of the sweet. <laughs> and the whole, the, the trip from vitamin C to watching the detectives to dirty laundry, like is just, it's just so good. It's so good. Um, that they're, was they're transition completely different. Yeah. They're completely different songs and yet they just belong together. And that's mm. a good talent, a good talent to have when you're putting together a list is when you find it's something I think we all strive to strive to do is you just find these disparate songs from different eras, different ways of thinking about music and you put them together and they just make like sense. Old friends. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate it. It, it is something I work very hard to, to, to make happen. And uh, often when I succeed, it's as big a surprise for me as it is for you all. It's like, oh, well, good, good. That worked out great. All right. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, as we were planning this uh, very first pilot uh, project, uh, we had talked about a lot of different ways to, to sort of start to bring the discussion to a close. And just for me, after having listened to the three of you talk about those lists, uh, I would like to very much back away from the idea of who stuck the point because you all did in such individual ways. Like I, I had like the, you know, I, I mentioned the three themes I saw and the, there was definitely three different tones and they all just fucking fit so well. And then they were all also just good listens i think a lot of us do these listens on, on on walks and they were just on the surface level of fun they were and then they also worked on so many different levels as well so i don't want to do any of that fucking voting thing i suggested i would rather say any like last words from each of you on the entire batch of uh this uh this first attempt and this first attempt in, in this format of uh lists and experiences rob what do you think I do. Uh, so I, I, um, I decided to gamify this a little bit. Uh, and I, uh, you know, so in researching everybody's songs and whatever, I, you know, found out what year they were released. And then I said, hmm, I'm going to find the average year that everyone's song was released. I'm going to find its birthday, its spiritual birthday. Jose, Mm-hmm. Your list was born on Sunday, March 14th, 1982 at 4.48 a.m. Where were you? <laughs> Sunday, uh, March 14th, 1982 at 4.48 a.m. I was likely sleeping in Nuremberg, Germany. Shit. All right. Yeah. Um, did you know that the number one song in the U.S. was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the, and the Blackhearts? And that's that's the, the spiritual nice. song of your uh, of Interesting. Your uh, the U.K.? I, uh, no, I was not aware. Um, and uh, although I was familiar with the song at the time, so at least there's that. I mean, it's a, it's a goddamn rager. Uh, I would hope so. And the UK number one song was The Line Sleeps Tonight by Tight Fit, which I don't know. I don't know that song. Yeah. Zach, Same. any guess on uh, the birthday of your of your of your list? Oh, boy, you're going to have me do math. Um, <laughs> I'll just tell you, it's Wednesday, July 1st, 1996 at three o'clock. In the afternoon, okay. Where, where were you, July first, nineteen ninety six, Zachary? I don't know why I call uh, you Zachary. Was... <laughs> it's fine. I call you Robert from time to time. I think I it's know you're the only Robert. person I allowed to do that because that's not my name. <laughs> I was probably uh, leaving high school, leaving school early, uh, so I could go to one of my friends' houses and get high and listen to Pink Floyd and watch Animaniacs. Nice. That's a very ninety six thing to do. The Very U.S. number nice. one song for you was "The Crossroads" by Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. No, you want this one too. The U.K. number one song, "It's Coming Home." It's coming. Football's coming home. Three Lions. Three Lions by Fucking Lightning Seeds. God, okay, I've never, I've never heard oh, of the band. God. I've never heard the song. Oh, so oh that, that good was, lord! And they were both look, lion songs. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Jose's was "Lion Sleeps Tonight." Yeah, correct. Which correct. is the Owemoe song, by the way. 
even yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I figured. Yeah. I, I just, I just had never. I don't know if I recognize that particular version. Yeah. Um, three lines, three lines on the shirt. It's, it, it's, it's basically the the English football theme. Uh, it's it's it. cheese as fuck, but it's worth yeah. a listen. You should, you should check it out. Nice. Um, uh, that's a troll job in and of itself, right there. It is indeed. <laughs> my my list of spiritual birthday is Tuesday, July eighteenth, nineteen ninety five. At one oh five p.m. Uh, at that point, I was probably I don't know failing at pleasing my very first girlfriend in college. I don't know. Uh, but my U.S. number one song, Waterfalls TLC, baby. Nice, <laughs> nice. hell yeah, nice, hell yeah. And the U.K. song was Boom 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 by the Out There Brothers, which I'm I'm not familiar with that one. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Thanks for playing along with me. That was very fun, Rob. We should, I think we should make that a regular part of the pod. I agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, my only question would be any outside looking in songs for you guys. <laughs> well, uh, like I said before, I was thinking about uh, leaning into one or either like all breakup songs or all new metal. Um, I was going to throw break break stuff by Limp Biscuit in there. Okay. Yeah. Like nice. right right after Nickelback. Like I'm not done with you. Yeah, there one. There, I think that there might have been a couple other OLIs, but honestly, since this one was more of a challenge for me, I did not have an overflow of ideas. Rob, I'm sorry. What was the question? Oh, uh, the OLI uh, outside looking. I I think I already talked about a couple of them. Uh, I had a couple of descendants in there that I threw out. Um, Something else I can't remember. Um, Nina Simone was outside my window with a gun the entire time, looking in, saying, (laughs) "Don't you fucking leave me." So I didn't. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm, all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I had a couple. I had uh, cake, uh, Italian leather sofa. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh, that that would have fit in there. And then, uh, uh, oh, the sleigh bells, sleigh bells, real, real would have gone right on there. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, that's such a great record. Holy shit, that's very, very good. And I, I. I want to say I would have thought of it, but I just use Infinity Guitars for uh, for hype. For yeah, another, slam, another yeah. slammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll save I'll save my opinion on on that last group and song for some other time. <laughs> Zach, any last words from uh, for session one? Um, no, nothing. Nothing uh, comes to mind except this was a blast, and I look forward to doing more of it. Hell yeah. Uh, and I can't wait to like listen back to this and see what we can learn from doing it for the first time. So, you know, thank you to uh, my three dilettante DJs, uh, Rob, Jose and Zach and my uh, left to right order here. Uh, and thank you all for joining us for this test pilot focus group stumble through for this new idea venture. We would love to hear your thoughts, questions, suggestions. We have a super short listener survey that if you fill out, we'd be forever grateful. All three of the Spotify playlists from our dilettante DJs are linked in the show notes and in the Substack newsletter. And we hope you join us next time when we take a theme and make some lists on the needle exchange. We did it. We made a show, guys. I don't know if it's going to be good, but we made a show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>